This is episode number 22 with Sarah Perlman. Sarah is currently a reporter for the Washington Nationals and Baltimore Orioles. In this episode, we go into Sarah's background, how she got started working in Major League Baseball, uh, what a typical day is like for her, especially in the offseason now, and just basically day-to-day action behind the scenes a little bit of you know what she has to do before the game, during the game. Um, Sarah's got a pretty... Pretty interesting take, um, I think, from a reporter's standpoint. Um, a lot of times we'll have athletes on here and they'll be talking about you know, what it's like as a player or as a coach, for example. Um, so I think it was pretty interesting to get her take on, on Major League Baseball and covering the game. And, and she's done a great job. I've started following her since, uh, since she's been on the show or since I asked her to be on the show. And, and so really appreciate her stopping by, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here's Sarah Perlman. Would you, like, like, what, yeah. yeah, like what's your dream? Like, is this your dream job forever? Or, like, what do you want to do after this? Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm living my dream, and that sounds too cheesy, but I, I think I am, I guess maybe to just keep getting better and bigger with networks. So Masson has been awesome. And I mean, the Orioles are so great in a ton of ways and the Nats are awesome as well. So it's been incredible. I can't really describe my dream job is like I said, uh, because every day is it's such a treat to work and cover major league baseball, you know, <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you travel with the team too? Um, so we don't charter with the team. Um, so the sideline reporter for the NAS does, they travel in the color analyst and play-by-play. We only travel if it's, um, maybe that there's really something going on, like special or for postseason we travel. Just because normally, since I cover both teams and not just one, when one team goes um, on a road, on a road stand, the other team's probably on a home stand. So I'm most likely with the home team covering them. So it's kind of tricky for me just because I cover two teams and not one. Yeah. Is that, that's what I was going to ask you next. Is that normal? Cause I've never heard of a, a reporter covering two different <laughs> teams. Is it normal? Oh gosh. Um, not really. So Madison, of course, is a regional sports network that's, you know, owned by both the NASA and the Orioles. So it's a little bit different. Um, normally you don't hear about it as much, but I do it. Uh, it's awesome. I'm happy to get to cover both teams. So much, so much going on always is great um but yeah that's why i can't really travel because a lot of my plate with two teams <laughs> so are, how many games a year do you cover since it's two teams is it still is it around like 160 yeah yeah maybe a little bit more um only because sometimes when two important series are going on that day to come to the studio i'm doing stuff for both teams so really it could, it could be kind of double that um Hopefully, Which is I'm, a hoping, lot, I'm hoping they pay, they pay you more since you're doing two teams <laughs> instead of one. I'll, I'll bring that up next time that I need that I need to raise recovery two teams. What, what <laughs> if you does, say so, I'll tell them. <laughs> so a lot of uh, major league players, I'm sure you know you are well aware. Um, the season's a grind. They always, they're, everyone wants to kind of you know sometimes just unwind a little bit. A lot of players have like hobbies that they do outside of baseball to kind of help them get away. Do you do you have any hobbies that you do to help kind of just like so you don't have to think about baseball for a little bit? Um, I work out a ton. Um, so I actually kind of got injured last year, so I wasn't able to do as much during the season. So now it's been kind of great to get back in the gym and have some time to myself. Uh, definitely that 
finding a lot more time to watch shows. I have not watched a good, like, show in a while and read and all that. That definitely helped me unwind. And, of course, you know, just kind of taking back, only doing shows twice a week rather than six days a week is a big difference. So kind of just relaxing and catching up on some rest. <laughs> so you can binge watch Netflix a lot more now in the off-season. Oh, yeah. I am I'm definitely doing that. I actually just started Mindhunters on Netflix a few days ago. That's been awesome. Um, yeah, so definitely a lot of shows going on right now. I haven't actually, I haven't seen that. I've, I've, I've watched a couple on Netflix. I need to get back into it now since um, I have a little more yeah. free time. Yeah, too. you need to too. <laughs> so, um, a lot of, a lot of people don't know, like some behind the scenes stuff, like what, are there any like, uh, behind the scenes stuff from like players perspective or that you see that maybe like, like fans don't see from like the teams in general? Um, yeah, of course. Things that are appropriate to talk about would be a little little different, of course, because, <laughs> you know, you don't want to spill anyone's secrets in the clubhouse. The players don't like to do that either. But behind the scenes is great, I think, just to realize that these athletes, as you know, are just normal people. Um, so I think sometimes fans are really harsh on social media and in person, screaming at players, tweeting at players, whatever it may be. I know everyone's seen it. Um, you know, they're normal people. They're trying their best, and I think – What's important is that sometimes these players do go in, you know, not as hot streaks. And when they are kind of in a slump, I think it's important to respect them as players because they want to get out of it as much as you want them to get out of it, if not more, you know. So I can kind of see behind the scenes that they're they're great people uh, first and athletes, you know, probably second uh, is important. It's been awesome, I think, to kind of get to know these players uh, with baseball and obviously outside of baseball has has been a treat. Yeah, and I think I think you kind of hit on it a lot with social media and the fans. I don't think, actually, I don't think I know that a lot of people just don't really realize how hard it is to make it to the, not just make it, but to stay in the big leagues. And yeah, I mean it's a grind. I mean, and you know, you cover the team, uh, you know, every day, so it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure, and it's it's not easy. No, it's not. So I think it's great that you could recognize that as well. I always tell friends, I'm like, before you tweet something or say something, just realize they're people. They see these things and they want to do well. <laughs> yeah, and like, like you said, the, and also the job security isn't isn't very good. You know, you don't produce, you're out. And that brings me up to my next topic, Dusty Baker, who actually managed uh, Cincinnati Reds. So I've, I'm pretty uh, familiar with Dusty. Um, was, yeah. that a, was that a surprise when he got fired? Oh, gosh. I was personally shocked. I think Dusty is a great manager. I think he was in incredible manager but he did only have a two-year contract now of course Dave Martinez has three but the more I cover all different sports the more I realize nothing can shock you nowadays (laughs) I mean it's such a tough business you don't get to the World Series and that's of course what the fans ownership wants it's a cutthroat business you know so it's tricky I really liked him I thought he was a great manager and that's that you know but I definitely was surprised um, a lot of the players, um, usually he's known as a player's manager. Um, yeah. Did the, so all the players, I take it, loved him in, in, in D.C. too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's good, as good as it gets in terms of, like, respecting players. Um, from that from that standpoint, kind of just giving them their space, their time. He was not too hands-on, per se, but a wise guy, a wise manager. So a lot of players respected him. And I think they were a little let down that he, that he was let go, but... I mean, I think they're kind of used to it at this point. <laughs> They've seen it happen a few times with the Nats. Nate, nature of the beast. Uh, why is Jason Worth such a fan favorite um, in D.C.? I remember watching him <laughs> in the playoffs. I don't follow him, you know, obviously throughout the year like you do. But 
Why do why do the fans love him so much in DC? Gosh, why not? You know, he has so many so many memories with the Nats, and I think he's almost like a dad role in the clubhouse. Such a leader. When you see like Bryce Harper or any of them talking to him, you can just tell the respect they have for Jason Worth in the clubhouse and on the field. So I think when you have a role that's been in the major leagues for so long and has thrived, you know, and he's such a good person outside baseball, I think that's so important for them to look up to. So players loved him and fans saw that and really loved him. He's a good guy on and off the field. So, I mean, I think it's pretty sad, but he does want to continue to play. So you never know what happens. <laughs> so he's, he's done in DC. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's what you'd like to think. I don't, I don't think that he'll come back, but you never know. Like I said, yeah. um, where things have happened, but if I were to guess, I would say not. And he's got a fantastic beard too. And everybody loves that. Wonderful. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing beard. You know who uh, had a breakout year this year is Anthony Rendon. Um, was that just because he was able to stay healthy throughout the year? Or was there, like, mechanical adjustments that he was making um, throughout the course of the season or maybe last off season? Yeah, I think it was I think it was really just staying healthy, being in the major league for a few years now, getting more comfortable. And he really is someone that's great at the mental game. We talk to him a lot. Um, I've interviewed him plenty of times because he's, Great in the fact that he doesn't take anything too seriously. Like, pretty lighthearted guy. He doesn't look into things as much. And, you know, baseball, it's a day-in, day-out game. You have a bad game. You really need to bounce back that next day or the following day because there's just so many games in a row. You don't get that break to look back on what you did. And I think what helps him the most is that he's really relaxed. You know, he's never putting too much pressure on himself. He just says, you know, like, tries to get at base, and, and he's wonderful at that, I think, which is so important because most players don't get on base, they're so sad, whatever it may be. He doesn't take anything too seriously where his slumps are a lot, uh, a lot better than others. So when you talk to players, you know, on an everyday basis, and I'm kind of glad you brought that point of, of being relaxed because that's such a huge part of the game. Do you notice that the, the better players and the more successful players – are the ones who maybe when you talk to, like, are that way? Or is it just kind of just personality-based, if that question makes sense? It does, it does. No, it's totally personality-based. What works for Anthony Rendon would not work for Max Scherzer, who is, like, stern and serious and ready to go. You know, it's completely different. So uh, Anthony Rendon, who may act like he doesn't, you know, care as much, although he does care, he's just relaxed, and his mind is always at ease. You know, Max Scherzer is the opposite. He's fierce and ready to go. They call him out of back for a reason. So I think it really just depends player to player, you know. So Scherzer, he's, uh, he's got a lot of energy 24-7. Oh, yeah, he's a serious guy. But, I mean, when he's on the mound, you see him. That guy's lights out. So I think someone that, you know, thinks about their game a lot more and seems a little more focused. Although it's a different kind of focus, different mentality for each player. Sure. Um, Bryce Harper, I actually, I knew a, a player on the Nationals, I'm obviously not going to name his name, um, That's okay. <laughs> he, he played, he played with them and he said, you know, when Bryce came up, he was very, very cocky. He said he's gotten better over the years. Um, what, what, what's your take on Bryce Harper, the person? I really don't talk to him, you know, too much. He's a little reserved in the clubhouse. Um, in some, in some group interviews, you know, we all get to talk to him, but I think he's a good guy. Um, I mean, he's great at the game, and I never take him as too confident or overly confident. I think that's part of his game, and I think, if anything, it helps his game, you know. Uh, just like I said, it differs person to person, player to player. So I think that's kind of part of his MO. Um, 
And I wouldn't I wouldn't call him necessarily overly cocky. I think he just knows how good he is, and he uses that to his advantage. If that makes sense. <laughs> For sure. Do you? So you can't really necessarily like. Uh, talk to anybody you want to talk to if there's not like in the yeah we, yeah we could we could um but if there's no reason to like obviously there's certain reasons when you do want to talk to players but if I'm not set to interview them and don't need you know sound and I don't, I don't write so a lot of the guys that write of course need to talk to him a lot more but you know to the point where you see these guys day in and out you don't want to bother them all the time with a bunch of questions before their game it's not like a different sport where there's all these press conferences there's no game most times we see that there's a game going on in a few hours um, so it's a little bit different, as you know. Are the are the players required to talk to not just you but the media, or is that like in their contracts? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say they're required. Sometimes they are. You know, sometimes they have to make appearances and talk. But also, some of the players have really good relationships where it's a lot easier to talk to them because you work with them day in and out. But sometimes, you know, they're in the they're in the ice bath or whatever, so you can't reach them that day. Uh, but we do get good access and, and get to talk to them when we, when we please before games and after. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. A um, couple last questions, then we'll let you get going. Of course. Um, so a lot of people these days, you know, want to work in the sports industry, you know, I guess basically kind of do, do what you do exactly. What advice would you give them to – break into like working as a reporter for a major league team or NBA team or something like that? Of course. Great question. My biggest advice would be to work hard and any opportunity that someone's given, whether it's cutting up tape or trying radio or writing, you know, get your feet wet and just try and work hard. It's such a competitive business. Once you get here, it's the best business and you have to want to do it. You have to love it. It's a lot of hours. Um, but it's awesome. I mean, I don't think there's any better industry out there, and I mean that. So I think as long as you work hard and, and get your feet wet, like I said, give it your best and take any opportunity that's given to you, you should be fine. <laughs> Do you think it's also a, a who-you-know type of thing? Um, I think it definitely helps. That being said, you have to work hard first, in my opinion. So, um, so if, I wanted to, if I wanted to work for the Nationals, I'd be like, well, I know like Sarah's going to put in a good word for me. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. We could try. I don't know how it could help you. <laughs> All right. One last question. Are the Nationals going to win the World Series this upcoming year? Oh, gosh. I hope so. Wouldn't that be something? Well, they got to break over that hump. I'll let you know in a few months. What would you say? I said they got to break over that hump. I mean, that's that's kind of why they had to let, they let Dusty go. You know, they, they just can't. I mean, do you think that this is this is finally going to be the year they got a new manager coming in um, that they can just put it all together? God, it's such a hard question because I really thought that this was their season. Come October, when you're in Chicago, I thought, wow, the Nats are going to take this and, you know, finally get to the NLCS. Um, and it didn't work out that way. So it's so hard to tell. But with the talent they have, I do believe it is possible. Okay. All right, well, we'll we'll hold you to that. Maybe uh, coming spring. <laughs> yeah, circle, can, circle back in yeah. less than a year, and, and we'll chat. First, sounds good, Sarah. Really appreciate <laughs> you uh, you stopping by and sharing some info with everyone. Yeah, of course. Big fan of your podcast, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.